The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Greetings, pet lovers. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. You know, the hurricane is over and now the cleanup begins. Even in these difficult economic times, it's important to invest in supplies, batteries, flashlights, waterless sandbags to protect your family, um, your two-legged and four-legged family from these natural disasters. Even though the hurricane is over, and sales tax week is over, slowly but surely start thinking about the things that you need or that you didn't have and make a plan to buy them throughout the course of the year. But more importantly, you need to prep your pets for natural disasters. So for example, if you're in an evacuation zone, you might need to take your pets to a local shelter for humans and pets to ride out the storm. And to be admitted, you will need a crate. So your dog will be needed to be crated the whole time you're there. So I always say, don't wait until the last minute to get your dog used to a crate. See, my dogs are crated a few times a day because I have so many, they eat in their individual crate. And sometimes when I go out, I leave them in their crates. Well, last year, I didn't bring the crates to the hotel that I went to, and that was a huge mistake. They barked at the hotel that I stayed at, especially when I left the room. But this year, they were crated when I left the room and they were so much calmer. Additionally, I gave them some natural calming supplements. So that really helped ease the tension. I also got a smaller hotel room last year. So this year I got a bigger one so that we can move around and we could play together. You know, fetch is a great way to wear out your pet when you're in a really small space. And don't forget the pee pads because your dog may not be able to go outside. You might not be able to take your dog outside if the storm's too bad. I did last year and I brought their raincoats, brought some extra hangers and I hung them up in the bathroom. And last but not least, don't forget paper towels and carpet cleaner in case they have an accident. You know, you might probably be thinking right now, well, she has money for a hotel. But, you know, I want to tell you, I save money all year round to go to a local pet friendly hotel when we have an emergency or natural disaster. But once I get to that hotel and the natural disaster hits, I know that I made the right decision by sacrificing a few things that I really wanted to stay in that hotel. Hurricane season has just gotten started here uh, in Florida and parts of the country where I am. But I think you need to plan because I don't think it's over after this one hurricane. You know, things that you can do, for example, as I mentioned earlier, talking about crates, you can buy a gently used crate at your local Goodwill or thrift store. And it's really a good idea a few days before the storm, put your pet bedding or crate bedding in your dirty clothes, because that way your the crate bedding picks up your scent and the scent of your home. You want to pack a few days before the storm. You don't want to wait for the last minute to pack up their food, their bowls, their toys, and their medication, because this way you won't forget anything. And lastly, with proper pet 
disaster planning, you will, I promise, will be ready for anything. Well, let's get on with the show. This week on the Pet Buzz, we got so much to talk about. We're going to speak about the possible consequences of sneaking a dog into a country, you know, a celebrity did that, evaluating pet-friendly cities by WalletHub, saving money on pet meds, benefits of learning pet body language, bonding with dogs and cats, and why it's important to treat your property for mosquitoes after a hurricane or any water-related disaster. And, well, you know, I just came back from SuperZoo, one of the biggest pet industry trade shows. And boy, Dr. Fleck, there are a lot of supplements. It seemed like every single booth, there were supplements. So I guess the big question was, so how does a pet owner choose what nutraceutical to give to their pet? That is a great question. And our guest is going to shed some light on the increasing pet category of pet supplements and how to assess them. So joining us today is veterinarian Dr. Alice Gokenauer, a veterinary pharmacist at the University of Illinois Veterinary Teaching Hospital in Urbana. Dr. Alex, thank you for joining the Pet Buzz today. Thank you for having me. And I'm proud of you, Dr. Fleck. You got that last name really good. It's hard. It was a hard last name. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to ask you a question, Dr. Gokenauer. What are nutraceuticals and are they similar to prescription or even over-the-counter medication in terms of like, I guess, when you look at the whole drug category, where do we put them? So nutraceuticals are products that are either food or are made from food, and they provide us with some sort of medicinal or health benefits. Uh, we don't place them in the same category as prescriptions or over-the-counter products since they don't undergo the same testing as those products. Um, our pharmaceuticals are going to be the result of um, clinical trials that are aimed at treating specific diseases, whereas our nutraceuticals are products that we're just seeing a small health benefit from. So what are the most common supplements for cats and then maybe for dogs? Uh, nutraceuticals are widely used by both cat and dog owners. Uh, we've actually seen around 10 to 35 percent of dogs and cats are fed some sort of supplement or nutraceutical. For our dogs, the most common ones that we see are going to be our joint and digestive products, as well as those for coat health and heart health, like omega-3s. And then for cats, the most common ones that we see are things for hairball control, like white petrolatum and light mineral oil. Wow, I never thought of the mineral oil as a supplement or nutraceutical. Mm -mm. Oh, well. Yeah, it's a pretty cool product. Well, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with veterinarian Dr. Alex Gokenauer, a veterinary pharmacist at the University of Illinois Veterinary Teaching Hospital in Urbana. So, Dr. Alex, why is it important for pet owners to understand that there is no official process for checking the safety, effectiveness, or even the label, the labeling of these products? It's really important for our pet owners to understand that there is no official process um, because what they're buying may not contain the desired ingredient or even be safe for their pet. So in order to kind of determine that safety of the product, they need to look at the company who produces it. So in order to determine the safety of a product, they should make sure that the company that produces that product is a member of the National Animal Supplement Council or NASC as they're gonna set standards to ensure consistent quality labeling and advertising for these products. Can you give us a few other tips for choosing these products? 
Of course. So when reviewing nutraceuticals, um, the client wants to make sure that the label represents the product as being used for supplementation only, instead of being some sort of substitute for daily rations. Um, the labeling should also have no statements regarding disease, disease prevention of therapeutic representations. So it can state to improve health, such as dental health, but it cannot state that it prevents disease. And then lastly, though many of these products can be purchased without a prescription, you should always discuss the product with your veterinarian prior to using it. Yeah, and I even suggest take the products in with you when you do your annual or semi-annual exam. That's a good idea. So take it with you mm -hmm. and then pull it out in the dock and say, oh, that looks like it's okay. Yeah, and I think most, I would say pretty much all of these products always have that little statement about the FDA. This is not an FDA, isn't that right? That's correct. Yes. I think it's something like, you know, this is not an FDA, FDA approved. approved product. And mm -hmm. they also say that you sh they shouldn't claim to, you know, quick fix. Well, they can't claim because that would make it an FDA approved drug. Approved drug. Yeah. So it's important. OK, so I guess this is the last question. Doesn't Dr. Alex cool like the way she just like, hey, know, she's like, too, she's too cool for school. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> just calm and cool. OK. All in all, what can pet owners take away from today's discussion, Dr. Alex? Yeah, so in order to make sure they understand that they're not scary, um, nutraceuticals have been proven to be effective when paired with traditional medications and can improve your pet's quality of life. But you still want to always do your research before adding one of these products in, and then always consult with your veterinarian before adding any type of supplement into your pet's daily schedule. Dr. Alex, thank you so much for coming into the show. Can you give us a website so our guests can learn more? So if you're interested in learning more or would like to get more information from me, um, you can look on our medication dispensary website at vetmed.illinois.edu slash hospital slash veterinary dash teaching dash hospital backslash veterinary dash specialties backslash medication dash dispensing. Wow. Thank you so much, Dr. Alex, for coming on the show. I'm going to give you Dr. Alex's website so you can learn more about Dr. Alex and buying supplements. You want to visit illinois.edu. Thank you, guys. Just to remind you, that was Dr. Alex Gokenauer, a veterinary pharmacist at the University of Illinois Veterinary Teaching Hospital in Urbana. It was great to have her here. Um, so we can work. So many people are buying these these nutraceuticals, these supplements. I mean, the market is just growing. It's insane. And like I said, with our interview with Bob Viteri, it's easy to get into the supplement business because all you do is go to a supplement manufacturer and you can create your own formulation and then all of a sudden slap a label on it and it's yours. We need to take a commercial break. Also up in our next segment is Global Pet News and Tell Me Something Good. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. 
Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Up next, celebrity pet buzz and flex facts. We know that dogs bring us comfort, especially in difficult times, including when we're talking divorce. And now, the latest news about celebrities and their pets. It's obsession. Aren't they cute? What's the name? What's the name? One week after her husband, Sam Ashgari, filed for divorce after 14 months of marriage, Britney Spears introduced her new pooch, perhaps a Maltese, named Snow, on Instagram. In the IG post, Brit played with the fluffy white puppy on a white bed comforter, attempting to give her new baby a baby pacifier. Bad move because it's not a good idea to give. Baby toys to pets. Well, anyway, the couple that Spears and Ashgari, who are in the midst of a divorce, had agreed to split up custody of their dogs. Brittany has retained possession of her Yorkshire Terrier, Hannah, Australian Shepherd Sawyer, and two additional smaller dogs, while Sam took custody of the Doberman Porsche. They just got that Doberman not such a long time ago. I believe it was this year. We can only hope that their dogs bring them comfort during this difficult time. Is your pet's medication leaving your wallet empty? Don't overpay for medication. Pet Money Matters with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Well, you know, there are plenty of resources and websites that can help save you money on pet medication. Sites like 1-800-PET-MEDS, Chewy.com, GoodRx.com, and Retail Me Not, you can find great price points, coupons, and rebates. Also, there may be regular pharmacies, including Walmart and Walgreens in your area that carry the medication you need for your pet for less. Especially, now get this, if there's a human equivalent of that medication to give your pet. I'm thinking of diabetes. Pets can take human diabetes medication. Veterinary diabetes medication is very expensive. So I'm gonna give you some advice. Invest the extra time in researching these options and reap the rewards. Your pet will be healthier and you will have a little bit more money in your pocket. And that's why pet money matters. Well, although Dr. Fleck is not with us today, I'm going to do my best to present my version of his Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. Well, since we've just experienced a hurricane in Florida, today we're going to discuss what to know about mosquitoes and hurricane recovery. It's important to expect that weeks following a hurricane, flooding and scattered debris that can hold water are breeding grounds for mosquitoes. The flooding from hurricanes can cause mosquito eggs laid in the soil by floodwater mosquitoes during previous floods to hatch. This is and can result in very large populations of floodwater mosquitoes. Most of these mosquitoes are considered a nuisance or nuisance mosquitoes because they can be annoying biters, but 
they don't necessarily transmit any viruses to humans or pets. Additionally, if floodwaters don't recede, standing water mosquitoes may start laying eggs on the standing water. So in general, floodwater mosquitoes are just considered nuisance mosquitoes, except for the species Ades aegypti, because they can transmit yellow fever. Those are yellow fever mosquitoes. And also this species can transmit chickamauga, Zika, and dengue. And that's the dengue fever virus. Also, some species of standing water mosquitoes can transmit West Nile virus. So steps should be taken to protect you or you to protect yourself from mosquito bites. Well, to protect yourself, the best thing really is to wear long sleeve shirts and pants, long pants, but make sure you also use bug spray. And lastly, to control mosquitoes inside and out of your property, drain water reducing mosquito habitats and water holding containers. That's very key, as I said earlier. And you also want to make sure any pet dishes, any vases or vases, bird baths, buckets, toys, pet toys, flower pots, saucers and cans are also dumped. You can help reduce your risk of disease by just dumping these containers. And that also includes garbage cans. Okay. Well, to kill immature mosquitoes in pools at homes without electricity to run pumps, use mosquito bits or dunks. These insecticides can be purchased at hardware or big box stores. For vast water sources, it's best to leave the source reduction and treatment to the mosquito control agencies and professionals. Contact your local mosquito control program. That could be your city or county program to ask for a free treatment request. And as Doc always says, that's the Flex Facts for the week. So how do I do tackling Doc's Flex Facts? Let me know by sending me a message on social media uh, at the Pet Buzz or at Charlotte Reed or at Pet Trendologist. Mail call. You've got mail. Well, Jenna from Charleston, South Carolina, writes that she's got a new puppy and wants to know about wagging tails. You know, Jenna, this is a great question for so many reasons, much like the age old questions. Why do cats purr? Dogs can wag their tails for a number of different reasons, not just to show happiness, as you may have thought, and that's a moving from side to side very happily and haphazardly. Tail wagging instinctively begins at around three to four weeks, as well as showing signs of excitement or happiness. A tail wag also can be a sign of fear or nervousness. The position of your dog's tail and, of course, their current environment can help you to ascertain what is making that dog's tail wag. For example, a low gentle tag wow could mean your dog is feeling curious where a big tail and a bum wiggle usually means happiness. And did you know that tail wags can vary from breed to breed? It's true. So take a look at some of the neighborhood dogs next time you're in the park or walking in the street and you'll notice the difference in tail wags depending on the breed as well as the size of dog. 
Body language is so key. So Jenna, thank you so much for asking that question. Now, I want to remind you, because we say this week after week, if you have a question, you can write to us at team at the Pet Buzz, and we will get to your question in the next few weeks. You can also pose your question on our social media channels at thepetbuzz.com. We always want to hear from you and learn more about you and your dog. Hi, pet parents. Julia here with Tevra Pet. Did you know that right now there are millions and millions of fleas out in the world wanting to make a meal out of your poor, innocent cat? Those nasty buggers can bite your kitty up to 400 times a day and drink up to 15 times their body weight in cat's blood. Actispot 2 gives your cat a protective barrier against those nasty pests. Our powerful formula uses the same active ingredients as Advantage 2 for cats, but costs way less. Stopping fleas from draining your cat dry shouldn't drain your wallet dry either. Actispot 2 is so effective that fleas don't even need to bite your cat to die. That means there's no chance for an allergic reaction. Our formulation kills flea eggs, larvae, and fleas themselves, breaking the flea life cycle and protecting your cat and your home. Have an outdoor cat? No problem. Actispot 2 is waterproof and comes with six months of protection in every box. Application is easy. Just apply the entire tube to where his neck meets his shoulder. Your cat's health and well-being is important to you, so that means it's important to us too. So trust your cat's flea protection with Tevra Pet. Online at tevrapet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A pet.com. And we thank Tevra Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. Up next, I bet you can't wait for my I Likey of the Week. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Let's kick off the segment with the I Likey of the Week. Want a great way to bond with your dog or cat? Give me a minute and then I'm going to tell you. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I die for i like it cat and dog treats can help you bond faster with your kitty or dog because your pet sees you as a giver of good things that sounds fantastic for cats consider what was voted people magazine's best cat treat of 2022 the lick and lap snack line it's the perfect training tool to form a closer bond with your feline friend use it as an in-between meal treat or a delicious training tool or a scrumptious saucy topper for their food. The Lick and Lap snack line offers convenient single serve pouches that provide cats with flavor boosting treats made with real chicken and salmon. For more information, visit vitacraft.us. That's V-I-T-A-K-R-A-F-T.us. Now for dogs. 
Loving Pets chicken breast tenders are slow cooked to perfection in the U.S. using real domestically sourced chicken breast. What's more, their chicken breast tenders have the smoky aroma and a meaty meal that your dog is always craving. This is a limited ingredient, protein-rich, jerky treat, and it's perfect for health-conscious pet parents. To learn more, visit lovingpetsproducts.com. That's L-O-V-I-N-G-P-E-T-S-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S.com. What's in your wallet is a popular tagline from an advertising campaign for Capital One. But to many of us, pets have a big effect on our wallets. And although they're family and we love them so very much, they do cost quite a bit. But really, pet costs depend on where you live. With pet parents in mind, Wallet Hub has compared the pet friendliness of the 100 largest U.S. cities across 32 key metrics and how they can affect your wallet. And joining us to talk about America's most pet-friendly cities is Jill Gonzalez, an analyst and spokesperson from Wallet Hub. Greetings, Jill, and welcome back to the Pet Buzz. Thanks so much for having me back. You know, we're really excited to learn about your annual pet-friendly cities report today. Absolutely. We look forward to doing it every year. Well, before we get started, Jill, what's different about this report from last year's? And is there any new data or something new? Well, there's definitely an increase in price and pet budget. Inflation is taking a toll on pet owners. So the ranks have changed a bit. I wouldn't say drastically, uh, but most states have seen some type of movement if they're going up or down a couple of rankings, which means people uh, are simply you know, improving in terms of pet friendliness throughout the country or, of course, the opposite. So, Jill, how does WalletHub compare the cities and give us a few of the metrics that WalletHub uses to evaluate each of these cities? Yeah, we looked and compared the pet friendliness of the 100 largest U.S. cities across 23 different metrics. So that ranges from pet care provider rates per visit to how many pet businesses there are per capita to things like simply walkability. Hmm. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Jill Gonzalez about Wallet Hub's annual pet evaluation of the top pet friendly cities in the U.S. She is an analyst and a spokesperson for the organization. So, Jill, talk to us about your results. What is the most pet friendly city that can be financially rewarding for a pet owner? And what is the least pet friendly city in the country for pet ownership? In evaluating the best and worst cities for pet lovers, what are the top five indicators? So I guess that's a two part question for you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we broke this down by a number of different things. Overall, the most pet friendly city was Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, Weather certainly helps. It's a newer city that helps as well. So kind of built with more pets in mind, Uh, but it's not necessarily the cheapest place. The cheapest place to be a pet owner we found was in Greensboro, North Carolina. And as far as one of the worst places to be a pet owner, that was Baltimore, Maryland. You're shocked, Dr. Fleck. Yeah, I would have thought it'd be maybe... New York or Los Angeles, but it's Baltimore. Well, I mean, you're not just talking about money. I mean, in terms of, I mean, think about how the the decline of Baltimore, especially in the last five years, crime is up. Um, People don't go out as much during the day and the night. And uh, it's an old city. It's a poor city. It hasn't really been 
evaluated. I'm just curious. What about Philadelphia, Jill? How did that rank? Because that's another city that's not doing so well economically. Philadelphia is toward the bottom as well. It ranked 84th overall. And then, Doctor, to answer your question, New York ranked 95th. So still in the bottom here. Still in the bottom. And that has a lot to do with prices and what things cost. Jill, top five indicators. What else do we need to know? So we've been, you know, talking about a lot of them. You know, costs are certainly one of them. Uh, if there are newer buildings that are more pet friendly, that's one of them as well. Uh, the supply and demand of everything that is going to influence costs. So how many pet care providers are there? How many pet businesses are there? That's going to help drive down costs and usually just be a better quality for your pet. Cool. What What, what do you mean by pet businesses? So pet businesses, uh, you Things like pet shops, uh, things like, you know, little cat cafes that keep popping up now. Okay. Uh, so all, you know, pretty pet centric. Good. Thank you. Dr. Fleck, you had a question. Yeah, Jill, how can pet owners enjoy pet ownership without breaking the bank and some advice or money saving tips? So I would say number one would be adopt from shelters or rescues. There are some costs involved, but it's going to be a lot cheaper than, you know, going to a breeder or something like that. You also want to consider the size of the pet, and that's especially depending on where you live. Uh, you want to budget for not only initial costs, which is, I think, what most people do, but ongoing costs. You know, this is certainly going to add to your monthly expenses. So make sure you are accounting for that. Uh, just like for humans, buy in bulk. That's always going to be cheaper. Uh, whether you're buying from Amazon or Chewy, there are definitely a lot of good places to be doing that now. Uh, and DIY grooming, sometimes easier said than done, depending on what kind of pet you have or, or what their fur situation looks like. Uh, but something that's getting more popular is homemade treats. Uh, a lot of people are really wanting to go organic. Obviously, make sure that your pet can eat whatever uh, you're giving it. But homemade treats, homemade food, a lot more pet parents are getting into that. Well, you know, it's interesting some of the things that Jill brought up, because if you do have a smaller dog, it's going to be a lot easier to feed a smaller dog because they eat less food as well as cleaning up the poop. But then again, a smaller dog generally has a tendency to live longer where a bigger dog in most cases doesn't live as long. But then you might have some upfront costs with a smaller dog. For example, most toy breed dogs, maybe they have need luxating patella surgery up front, right, Dr. Fleck? Some other things like that. And yeah. also veterinary care, the bigger the dog sometimes, you know this, it costs more money in terms of the weight management of veterinary medicine, right? Medication, surgery, anesthesia, all those costs. Definitely something to consider medically. Sure. And food is, well, you know, a lot of people have equated better quality food at a higher price because we know food has increased a lot since the Department of Labor Statistics started covering food. I mean, food's gone up, what, $2.32 for the last umpteen years. Yeah, and one has to remember too that if they're they're making their own food at home, it has to be a complete diet that meets the the pet's need and it may be less expensive or in the long run it could be as equally as expensive as a commercial diet. Sure. Or maybe even more. I think some people are making dog treats at home, but I don't think it's an every week or every you know, I think it's a fun kind of thing to do on a weekend. Treats are one thing, but the diet. The yeah, the diet's definitely key. And then, of course, cats have different expenses. You know, you always have to buy litter. 
<laughs> right. Okay. Well, Jill, we noticed that this year your evaluations focused more on pet friendly housing. Talk to us about some of the issues associated with housing, because I don't remember seeing that as much in past surveys. Correct. Yeah. As far as pet friendly housing, I mean, this is something that's come up a little bit more in recent years because so many more people, especially since the pandemic and uh, and the skyrocketing of adoptions there, um, have looked into that. So, you know, when we're, we're looking at the pet friendliness of the rental market, which is essentially rental units that allow pets to average home square footage, obviously the bigger would be better here. Single family detached homes would be better than, you know, an apartment for a pet. Uh, so all of these different things have been now put into this report. Well, we're going to take a commercial break and come back with Jill Gonzalez from Wallet Hub talking about America's top friendliest cities for pets. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Here at the Pet Buzz, we are urban, suburban, and, and country. Well, we're back with Wallet Hub spokesperson and analyst Jill Gonzalez discussing the organization's annual pet friendly cities evaluation. You know, I've been answering a bunch of queries recently on smaller dogs, the pros and cons, as well as larger dogs. And with smaller dogs, you don't need as much space. Correct. And also, I mean, some dogs are kind of larger dogs are not as they don't they need exercise. You can walk and you could go to the park. So I think all those dynamics play into the living experience. And then, you know, what I think is absolutely crazy is the rental housing market versus the apartment market. I mean, more companies have emerged, especially in the Southwest, that are buying houses all over the country, Kansas City, Florida, uh, various uh, upper upper northern states. Um, and they allow people to have pets. So I think it's a catcher's catch can, but we do see some changes, but Jill's got it right. Things are expensive. Well, well, lastly, what can pet owners take away from this evaluation today? And this year. And this year. Yeah. So I would say, you know, over this year, uh, obviously the, the trend is that expenses are going up and that's for everything. That's not just for things having to do with pets. Uh, but it's really important to consider all of these different things before owning your pet. Can you afford it? Is your place big enough for the the type of pet or the type of breed that you want? Does your city have good parks or enough vets to ensure your pet's health? So that's why we include so many different metrics here. It really is important to think of each one if you're a future pet owner or even if you already have pets. Well, Jill, thanks so much for this very interesting information today, but before you go, can you give us your website so that our listeners can learn more about your 100 top friendly cities in the U.S.? 
Yes, you can head to wallethub.com, W-A-L-L-E-T-H-U-B.com to check out this ranking to find out a little bit more into each of the cities, uh, especially the one where you live. Great. Well, just to remind you, that was Jill Gonzalez, the analyst and spokesperson for WalletHub.com, discussing the organization's annual pet evaluation of the top pet-friendly cities in the United States. As always, such insightful information. Can't wait to see what's going to happen next year. Hopefully, things will not be as expensive, right, Dr. Fleck? Yes. So, find out how your city ranks for pet friendliness, and I guess you could say affordability too, by visiting their website at once again, wallethub.com. Although Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are divorced, the drama continues. And now pet buzz news from around the globe. Well, actress Amber Heard had pleaded guilty in 2016 in court in Australia to providing a false immigration document when the couple brought their dogs into Australia in a chartered jet a year earlier. Last week, Australian prosecutors dropped a potential criminal case against the American actress Amber Heard over these allegations that she lied to a court about how her Yorkshire Terriers, Pistol and Boo, came to be smuggled into Australia. Heard and her then-husband, Johnny Depp, became embroiled in a high-profile, get this, biosecurity controversy in 2015 when she brought her pets to Australia's Gold Coast, where Depp was filming the fifth movie in the Pirates of Caribbean series. Australia's Department of Agricultural Fisheries and Forestry, a biosecurity watchdog, decided against prosecuting 37-year-old Hurt for allegedly feigning ignorance about the nation's strict quarantine regulations. Hurt's lawyer told the court that his client never meant to lie on her incoming passenger card by failing to declare or disclose that she had animals with her. In truth, Kirk said she was simply jet lagged and assumed her assistant had sorted out the paperwork. Well, contrary to that, because, you know, these two hate each other. A former depth employee, Kevin Murphy, said he told London's high court in 2020 that Hurt had been repeatedly warned that she was not permitted to bring dogs into Australia. But she insisted and later pressured a staff member to take blame for breaking quarantine laws. Well, the false documentation charge carried a maximum penalty of a year in jail and a fine of more than 10,000 Australian dollars, which is about $7,600. Instead, on this charge, Heard was sentenced to one month good behavior bond under which she'd only have to pay a fine of 1000 Uh, Australian dollars if she committed any offense in Australia over the next month. I'm going to say that's about $760. Okay. Prosecutors eventually dropped the more serious charge that hurt illegally imported the dogs, which had a potential 10 year prison sentence. So she was one lucky ducky. As you probably know, her dogs, the Yorkies, Pistol and Boo became Heard's property when the couple divorced in 2017. But the lesson learned, okay, 
is don't try to sneak your dogs into any country. Don't try to sneak your dogs anywhere. Plan well in advance. Learn all the regulations. Be prepared to pay all the charges and then ultimately decide if you want to take your pet with you on your travel journey. After all this, you may not. You might want to leave him with a family member or pay for an excellent kennel to take care of him. Some of my good deeds. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. So early one morning last week when I was walking my dogs. Now I'm talking, this is dark and it's like a little before 6 a.m. I was stopped by a guy who was driving his car and this guy is looking for his beagle. While I don't know this gentleman's name, I know he and his family moved into my neighborhood about three or four months ago and that his beagle is always on the move, wandering around the neighborhood, and thus he's always chasing the dog in his car. Well, as he rolled down the window, I tell him, yeah, looking for your beagle. He says, yes. I didn't even give him a chance to say anything. You know, and then I tell him, you know, I work for a company named Tractive, Tractive GPS. and I want to give him one. I want to give him a Tractive GPS for dogs so that when his beagle escapes, he can track his beagle in real time on his phone so we can easily find him. So I tell him after he does the circle around the neighborhood, come back to my house, come back, meet me in about 10 minutes because I really want to give him one. He couldn't believe that I would give him one for free. So about 15 minutes later, I meet him at my house. I tell him. This was meant for him and his dog because the dog on the box is a beagle. Then I describe how easy it is to use, how light it is for a dog to wear it or carry it around. I pick up uh, Wally, who's a 10 pound English toy spaniel, and I show him. And, you know, this guy was really grateful. He couldn't believe some stranger would even offer him something that cost money. It didn't cost that much money, about 40, 40 or $50. But, you know, the crux is really where the problem is. There's obviously a bigger problem with this dog continuing to escape from his property. Um, who knows if the fencing, I mean, why are they letting their dog out in the morning anyway? They know he runs around. Maybe his fencing is uh, deficient and, and the dog's getting out through uh, poorly maintained fencing. Well, at least I was able to provide him with a solution that could help him moving forward. So if you have an escape artist canine, get attractive GPS to help you find your dog. Tractive allows you to track your dog in real time. It works in the U.S., Canada, and 175 other countries. So check it out on Amazon.com or TractiveGPS.com. The cost is relatively inexpensive as compared to other trackers that cost hundreds of dollars. This is about $49.99, and there are even sales on Amazon discounting this wonderful product to a price of $35.99. Subscription. Now, you got to have a subscription. They start as low as $5, and that can be paid monthly, or you could pay the whole thing annually, uh, twice every two years, or a five-year uh, payout. So what are you waiting for? Get going. Get attractive. Buy one so that you're able to track your dog in real time if he goes missing. See, that's something good.
It's a wrap. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week, we're talking about what's happening with the dogs and cats of Maui after the big wildfires. We're also going to talk about search and rescue efforts with specialized dogs. Well, I want to give thanks. Special thanks to our guest, Jill Gonzalez and Dr. Alex Gokenauer. You know, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Brightonton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Use the Pet Buzz code when you buy your purchase of skincare products that include sunscreen, uh, spray, and shampoo. You will get a 25% discount. 25%. That is great savings. Now, if you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com and we'll cover it on next week's show. And if you missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless golden retrievers and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz.